0: That's as part. That's every Sunday, not just Father's Day, when you start early on on Sunday too. But uh, you know, today is a special day, and obviously, we wanna we wanna minister. Uh, I wanna minister as, as effectively as I can uh, towards the things that God has given me to teach and responsibility. And we've te- been teaching a series, but we we took a pause for Father's Day, and I think actually this will probably extend over into another week because. You know, one of the things that God has blessed me with is, uh, is a bunch of, of young men and, and, and older men as well, but a lot of young men to be able to mentor, to guide, and to encourage as fathers. And you know, one of the things that I, I had was a, a great example as a father, he just died young. And uh, my, my dad's legacy and the example that he was was good, but you know, he wasn't perfect. One of the things that God did for me is God brought men into my life that, that made an impact, that taught me how to be a, a man, taught me how to be a husband, taught me how to do business, taught me how to be a, a, a father, taught me how to, you know, uh, I, I'm looking to some of them on, on how to get older, you know, that, that's a little bit different deal, and raising adult children now. Uh, our four, four children—we have three daughters and a son—and son, and, and my wife and I have been married a long time. We finally got a 37 years, and, and we finally got our first grandson and our grandchild. And and uh, and I, I said, "Man, you know, I got friends that been married a lot; they hadn't been married that long. And they got more grandkids." I said, "You kids need to come on, get get with the program, <laughs> like any any good parent does," you know, encouraging them. But you know what, what, God, what I see also is, is exciting is, is many of you that are, that are here in this church, I, I consider you like children as well, and, uh, and grandchildren as well, and, and to be there to encourage and maybe fill in some of the gaps uh, that but, but maybe your parents uh, weren't able to, to be there for you. Uh, I think we can glean from a lot of different places. But the one thing that also I had opportunity to do by not having my father there all the time, I learned at a young age to look to God as my father, to look to God as the one who was going to guide and direct me, give me instruction. I I looked to and my relationship with God was was in that that manner. But um, whenever we became... Uh, And I'm speaking to to men. I'm speaking to the fathers uh, mainly. But you know, something that that was is important. You know, when we got married, when you made made your your, uh, took on the title of a husband, there was a certain amount of responsibilities. You became a provider. And uh, I wrote uh, I wrote down you had uh, where did I write that down in some of my notes here. We had a title of being a, a provider. We, we, were a, we were one who was there to lead. But as we began, took on the title of a father, we took on now not only a leader and a provider, but also a, a teacher and one to instruct and educate. We, there is something important that, that we understand our responsibilities. You know, in this nation, one of the things that they try to take away is the role of the father. I see it in this nation and it's something that's a big problem is that they really try have worked hard in, in, in the, the years in the past 30, 40 years to really confuse the role of the man and the father. Men don't know what to do a lot of times. Young men don't know how to. They don't know how far, what's, what's too far, what's too much. You know what, Where do I stop? Where, where does masculinity become a problem? You know we need to be masculine. We need to be men, We need to be strong. I mean, why do why do people look to uh, men who are strong? Now that also is needs to be guarded to guarded by and protected by the laws of God, the directions of God, the the uh, understanding of God on how to how to navigate that. You know, you can be you can be masculine and not be uh, abusive. You can be m- masculine and strong without being demanding and overbearing. There's something that's a fine line or a balance there. And God gives us the perfect example of being strong, but yet having wisdom and direction and being under control. You know, it's a known fact that fathers Im- impact children's development. I went to uh, focus on the family's website, and I, and I pulled this off of there, and if you want to grow more, one of the best sites that I know of is, is focus on the family. Fam- where family's concerned, where uh, raising your children are concerned, they, they have Christian psychologists. It was founded by Dr. Dr. James Dobson. And I had to, I was fortunate enough, when I was a young man, even before I had kids, that I, I drove around. I was we we had gone back to college, and I drove around over in Stillwater delivering uh, print work for Derringer's Printing. And and uh, during my drive time during my classes, the the I got to listen to the AM radio that that was in that old delivery station wagon. It's old station wagon we delivered uh, stuff with, and and it it uh, had Dr. James Dobson and uh, and money management by the guy that was um, Briquette. Uh, Larry Burkett. Uh, that was before Dave Ramsey. Okay, Dave Ramsey's now. He he followed up Larry Burkett. So those two shows would be on. So money managing my money and uh, what what we didn't have, you know, just the, the little that we had, and then also uh, how to parent, how to how to be married. Those things were on on a regular basis. You know, we we read the book uh, "Parenting Isn't for Cowards" by Dr. James Dobson. Some of the things that that he, uh, as a psychologist, uh, Developed, but from a godly Christian background. So I pulled this off there, and there's a lot. I I didn't print everything out or, or want to go into the depths of psychology and how to raise children. But it's a known fact that fathers impact the child's development. However, it's sad but true. We live in a society that places relatively little value on the role of fathers in the lives of their children. There's a lot of things in this world that undermine a man being there and, and the responsibility that we have. And I just want to challenge you to grow in those areas. You know, um, a number of factors have developed uh, have helped to create this unfortunate situation, including the so-called sexual revolution, legalizing abortion, easy divorce, uh, women, uh, women's liberation movement with its uh, devaluation of marriage and the husband's place in the home. It is, isn't any wonder that a number of delinquent dads uh, is on the rise. Too many men don't know who they are and what they're supposed to be doing. You know, it, it's a sad thing, but we, we, we have this uneven ground. There's these gray areas. I, I listen to men talk about this. They don't know where, where their responsibilities lie. And all of those things in small man, in small doses could be good. But whenever they begin to take over the overall influence of our society, uh, then, then it becomes a problem. We're paying a heavy price for this in our culture. Study after study shows that when dads are involved with their children, they hold the key to solving uh, the ho- a whole host of concerns. Uh, present and involved fathers have a unique capacity to impact the development of their children's personalities, skills, character, and, and overall outlook on life. The greatest absence in America is the absence of godly leaders in the home, namely fathers. The extremes of our nation's leadership want to take this control of the parents away by allowing them to decide what they'll teach our children. Now, this is my own words. I didn't take this off the website. When leaders say that these are all our children and they need to be protected, that's where it has to stop. When they begin to say they know more than you do and they begin to take the 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 instruction for you and your home and begin to limit what parents can do and say that's when we got to stop this. The the our nation has set back and the men particularly have set back and we've allowed the educators to decide what they're going to teach outside of reading, writing and arithmetic. I'm not even sure they should teach history anymore the way they're teaching it. We need to be able to influence these things and we need to be very, very careful about when we introduce, uh, we should decide as parents when we introduce things about sexuality and many of these other things. And so uh, there, there is a, a lot to be said about those things. And so we need to be very careful that, that we stand up as a nation and, and us as fathers that we take a role in what is our, our kids are being educated on. You can't either. You also can't just set them in front of the TV and let the TV uh, teach them. You need to be very careful what your kids are watching, what they're listening to, because there's a whole lot of mixed messages and a lot of oddball stuff out there. And uh, I could get into different uh, people who produce it and all of that. And and you could just you could pretty much just X out a few places where it comes from and be very safe. You know, we were we were all the time watching these things. And being careful with our kids, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. But but I do just want to challenge us. Let's be aware. Let's be awake. Let's let's watch. Fortunately, in Oklahoma, I think our teachers and our educators, as and education system as a whole, is very very good. I, I think uh, in Oklahoma we we do a pretty good job of of keeping our education guided right and protected. But uh, <clears throat> we just want to we just want to be aware. We should always have access to what's in the libraries and be able to know what's being taught in any given situation. So I, I think that's something just to guard, absolutely. Uh, as dads, we need to be involved. And when you get married, you're the leader and a provider. That's, what, that's, that's where that statement is. And when you become a father, you, your job description expands to trainer and teacher. You know, I remember uh, teaching my kids how to tie their shoes. I did that. That was that was one of my. I didn't. I didn't. We didn't discuss it. I just was the one who was patient enough to teach them how to tie their shoes, or, or the one who would spend the time with them. And you know, it was valuable because uh, later on, every time we'd face a challenge, I'd say, "You remember when you couldn't tie your shoes?" Because those kids, they always will get to a point where they, "I can't do this. I can't. I just can't do it. I don't know how to do. It. I just can't do this." I'd say, "I'd say, yeah, you couldn't tie your shoes one day too, and then all of a sudden you could." And it was always the thing I'd go back to. They'd get, they just roll their eyes. I love that in the video with the with a the, uh, kid that's rolling their eyes at dad. I remember our oldest daughter. She was a very good basketball player, and, and uh, we we'd worked a lot. I spent a lot of time in in uh, out out in the front yard and every house we had. and We lived in a lot of them. I made sure we had a good basketball goal in a in a way in a place in a way uh, to, to for them to practice. And we'd be out there working on stuff and. Uh, and then whenever we we would get into a game, I'd be, of course, with the oldest. You know, you do everything over the top. You, you you discipline harder. You expect more. You you do everything. You're your hardest. I oh, mean, that poor first kid, man. If they just survive, they're they're all right. By the by, the fourth one, we would I just sit back there and just clap. Yeah, you got this. With <clears throat> well, the first one, I'm all up in everybody's grilling business, and my mom's on one side, and my wife's on the other. It's going, you're a pastor. You're a pastor. Quit yelling at the refs. But I could be yelling at my daughter, you know, I, I didn't ever expect them to be perfect. I never yelled at them for missing a shot or, or fumbling the ball or not doing something. I'd always encourage where that was concerned. But if they weren't giving 100% effort, that's when, I, that's when I'd get on. That's when I'd, you know, jump on if I felt like they were loafing. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, there was one time I was yelling at my daughter, and I knew she could hear me. She, she came back, and, she, and later on she said, Dad, uh, she said, uh, I, don't, I don't hear you. Well, that told me she did. <clears throat> but one, in one particular game, I remember I was yelling at her from the stands, and she stopped. Uh, I mean, like she was dribbling the ball. She was point guard. She, she'd driven the ball, and no, nobody was pressing her. She stopped, and she just looked at me <laughs> and went on and did whatever she wanted to do. <laughs> That's when I just decided I better quit. But, you know, we, we continue to be a t- teacher. We continue to want to be an encourager. We want to help them in every way we can. You know, there's some challenging things here I want to read. My father, uh, my uh, Henry Henry Ward Beecher said this, the most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. And we're going to talk about this in a, in a little bit more detail here in a mo- moment. But, and in fact, let's go to, I'm going to go on over there to that, that there's 10 things that we're going to hit real quickly. Y'all don't think I can get through this, but I think I can. 10 th- things that I want to hit that are important for us as men to do uh, and, and to lead in. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> and let's jump into this first one because the first one is to love their mother. There was one thing that I had as an example by my, from my dad, and that was a lot of things I had, but one thing in particular was that he absolutely loved my mom. There was never a question about that. In fact, if you wanted to get a, a, quick, a really quick get a whipping, you do something to her. That that was she. He guarded and protected her. Now it didn't mean that that she didn't have uh, the responsibility, or she had the responsibility of correcting us. In fact, we got uh, probably more whippings from her than we did from from my dad. One of the things she didn't do is always make him the heavy hand. Always make him have to do all the discipline. That was nice because that way uh, he didn't show up at the end of the day and then have to whip the kids for something he wasn't even involved in. That's unfair. But, you know, uh, uh, I, I remember several times that, uh, that uh, you could just do something. She never had to say, oh, I'm going to tell your dad. I don't remember her ever saying that, but we always knew that threat was there. But he absolutely loved her. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, and, and I want us to look at uh, verse 21. We'll begin there. He says, Fur- uh, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So in before he talks to husbands and wives, he establishes something and it's a submission to one another in reverence for Christ. So when we guard and balance our relationships and how we approach things how we live, if we guard and balance it all through here, through uh, us understanding the, the reverence for Christ, then that, that protects us and, and it guides us. Verse 22 says, For wives this means, Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And boy, you know, this right here sounds really good, men. Sounds really good. I, I love this verse because, and, I, and as a young man when I was first married, you know, we got married right out of high school, not very long out of high school. And, and you know, of course I was young and 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 uh, going to be the man of the house. And I, I found a scripture I could really use, and I used it. And boy, she'd start, you know, running, you know, trying to, boss me around or tell me or, you know, really just want her way instead of my way, and I'd say, yeah, but the Bible says wives, submit to your husbands. (laughs) Oh, you're going to make me keep reading. I can't stop. I just want to stop there. You know, what's, what's funny is we, we, in, in, when I do weddings nowadays, I always have to ask the question, will we use the, 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 old, the old S word? Will we use that, that bad word called submit? And you know, I learned a better way to, to, what sounds better, a little easy, a little more palatable is the word yield. Because if, if especially the, us that run, ride horses and, and handle, you know, horses and things, you know, a yielded horse is better than a broke horse. You just want one that'll allow you to do what it's best. And 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 we're not trying to use this submission as a lording over something. And it'll it'll explain all this as we go. Ladies, it'll all be good. Trust me. He says, Wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Verse 23 for husband, for the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. So it brings that clear leadership position. It allows men the right to lead or the place or the position to lead, with. but it doesn't give us the right to overcome and to, to demand or command because there's a protection as we continue to, to read. It says, verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25 says this, though, and this is where husbands got to begin. You don't start... With reading the verse twenty one through twenty four, you read verse twenty five. You get you correct, and the other falls into place. What I figured out when I submitted myself to God, first and to serving her and loving her, I didn't have to ask her to submit to me. Husbands, love your. Uh, this means to love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. Now that right there is is a heavy weight. That's the responsibility of us as husbands and men. That's what has to happen is that we serve or we love our wife as Christ loved the church. And what did Jesus do? He gave his life for the church. Now see, I always tell men, I say, you don't have to ask your wife to submit to you when you love God first and when you love her second. You see, that's the order in our life. We love our God first, and we love our wife second, and then we love the kids. We put them in those order, and same way with the wives. When we put things in that order, things begin to balance because of why? It's God's way. See, He said, "Give your life to Me, or give your submit to God, submit to the church, or to Christ, and then submit." When we submit to our life or give our life for her. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? One of the things is it means that you're going to consider her in every decision that you make. I don't make independent decisions. Now, I don't ask necessarily ask permission. Well, I did when we first got married. Why? Because she held all the money. I made it and I gave it to her. Now, now here's, here's the thing. The world tries to mix this up and, and confuse things. They try to use a phrase uh, or, a, or a cute little saying. There's a cute little saying out there that I, I don't really care for, and I'm not going to argue about you how this works or whatever. But the old saying, if, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now, a lot of you use this, but here's my problem with that is my problem with that is if mama's happy at the expense of somebody else, we ain't all happy. Because what we should be is when we're both happy or when we're all happy, we should be able to get to that place. Mama should be happy because the husband and the husband should be happy. And the children should be happy. We should all be happy. There's a, there, is a, there is room for everybody to be happy. That's what I'm getting at. But whenever we put this in the right place, See, we balance this by understanding that when we submit to God and we put our our confidence in Him, He says, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. I'm not making decisions independent of her. So every decision... Now, there are times that we make decisions that are best for me. That's just the way it works, right? There's also times when we make decisions that are best for her. I give, she gives. She gives. Notice the first verse was submit to one another. Submit to one another. That means there's going to be times you yield, and there's other times when she yields. There's times when there's an exchange. There's times when there's a giving back and forth. And and you know what? When it's all centered around a love for God first, and God's love being in us, it enables us to walk through that with, with strength and confidence. It allows us to give without fear of losing you see uh, when when she honors what's what's number one uh, need of a man is respect honor and respect you know we, we we think about that and and so as a wife honors her husband but see here's it's easy for her to honor us men whenever we walk in a idea of, of sacrifice towards her we're looking to please her, we're looking to do things different. You know, it's it's funny. It's in the, like in the roles in like in our house. My wife loves a clean house. My and I've, I've teased about this, talked about this, but my wife used to make us late because she had to have all the dishes done before she could leave. We're going somewhere. I said, "Man, those dishes will be there when we get back." Let's go. I'd sit out in the car and honk the horn. Not only did that in the first marriage, year of marriage, I figured out that it did not make things move faster. You know what move? You know what made things move faster? Help her with the dishes. Now, it took me a long time. I, I saw them eyes roll, Josh. <laughs> see, see, there's a long time. It took me a long time to figure that one out. You know what? Or just don't mess things up as much. Help her straighten things out. That's easier now that the kids are all out of the house. But you know what? i, I just learned. There were certain things we used to fight over, and, it, and, and we were like, why? Why? I mean, I look back, and I was like, why? Why do we fight over things? She would never let me. I would take a shower at night. I put on the clothes that I'm going to wear the next day. And when I went to bed, I took off those clothes. And I laid them right by the bed where I could just jump out of bed, put them on, roll, right? Nothing wrong with that. Nobody sees that. There ain't nobody coming in our bedroom. They don't know that those clothes are laying on, but she knew. It bugged her. She couldn't stand it. So you know the compromise. We found a hook on the inside of my closet door. And I hang my jeans right there, and I throw that shirt right there on the shelf, and I, I can put that right back on, and I can roll. It makes it easy. I'm happy, she's happy. Before, it was frustrating. Now, we, we talk about these things, but it, it's funny. These are simple things. Whoever the OCD person is, Jared, I know you, this reversed on your house. You like everything just neat and clean and, and all that stuff. You're the one that's going to waste time, or I mean... Is spend time fixing and cleaning things up. <laughs> but there's compromise. See, I'll guarantee you, my wife's Peloton is in our, my, my, we have a great room, a big room, in my office is where I do the morning deals. It's in the end of the house. My desk, she has to look at that. But she has learned to leave my desk alone. She can straighten up everything else, but my desk is not neat. Her ne- desk doesn't even look like she works. She works from home now. And, and bookkeeper, for, you know, does everything online. Works at home now. Her office, one of our bedrooms, is her office, her desk. It doesn't even look like, when she's done, every day, it doesn't even look like anybody works there. I'm like, what are you, is this, where'd all your stuff go? Well, I put it away in my little files. I put it away, and file I lose it. I got to leave it on my desk because I'm working on it. Now, now, we I, I forget. That's right. But you know, here's the thing: we all have different ways. We have to learn to. We have to learn to compromise on those things. We have to learn to work around those. I, I talk about the guitar. The guitar is finally getting to stay out in the living room. Some of you all have been by my house, and, and you've actually come to the house just to see if the guitar is really out there. But see, here's the thing: uh, so I can grab it and play for 15 minutes at whenever I get time, You know, just but try to play it every day. You know. It says, "Wives submit to your husbands. Husbands love your wives, as, as Christ loved the church. Quit being, quit thinking independent. Think together. Just find ways. Here's the thing: love her. That's the first thing. Is love the kids' mother? Love their mom. Now, if you're in a divorce situation, there, there's sometimes that happens. It's, it's not the best, but it just happens sometimes. And if you've got stepchildren, blended families, all those challenges, there are challenges within this. I realize we're talking about. The the scenario where that's not there. Those challenges come with other things. I was a stepkid. I understand. I, I was I, I've dealt with a lot of parents who are in blended families. Step parenting, step parenting is double hard from and, and divorce situations make things extra, extra difficult. But here's the thing that you can do is, is demonstrate love and for their mother. The second thing is this is we gotta love our kids unconditionally. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about all of this, but loving our kids unconditionally. You know, uh, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 uh, through 7. It says, Love is patient, kind, not jealous, boastful or proud or rude. You know, if we just learn to to think, sometimes we might need to video ourselves how we talk to our kids. Sometimes we, we need to realize the tone of voice. Man, tone of voice is huge. Body language, fo- facial expressions, but tone of voice is huge. I, I realize this sometimes. My kid, <laughs> Kenzie especially, the youngest, our youngest daughter's going to be a sophomore in college, she, she, will-, she will say, Dad, you- you're yelling. No, I'm talking to you strongly. I mean, you know, I-, I never elevate my voice, but I say, get that whatever, you know. I didn't yell. I made a statement. I, I was strong in the words. Uh, man, I tell you what—it's—it's—it's it's, it's hilarious sometimes what what they see. But but are we? There are times whenever my tone of voice was was rude, A tone of voice was was sarcastic when it didn't need to be, boastful, proud, rude—all those things. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith is always hopeful and endures with every circumstance. Is it 1130? That says 1122. Jason, we got to get that. We got to get that. I can't add that. You're asking me to do math while I'm preaching. No. Okay, that's three minutes. All right, okay. As you can tell, as you can tell, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. You know, here's the thing: the Bible, a lot of times, is is hard to uh, hard to uh, to to take. Sometimes it's a challenge to us. But notice this: on loving those kids unconditionally, loving those kids unconditionally, being patient. I always said I'm going to be a lot better grandpa than I was a dad. There's a whole lot of times I wasn't very patient. And here's the thing: when God brings correction and instruction and direction to us we got we get, we get a choice of what we do with it we can apply it and if you're falling or failing in some of these areas man I tell you what as a as a as a dad of adult kids we raised four responsible adults but they're and they're great they've all got good jobs they're they're doing great but here's the thing there's still things I'd look back and I'd do different there's still things I didn't feel like I did as good if I compare, man, I could sit and say, gosh, I wish I'd have done it. I didn't do very good. Even even with my kids being what they are, I could look and I could say, man, I wish I'd have done better. Here's the awesome thing about what God does for us. God does, gives us an opportunity to repent, and he uh, gives us opportunity to uh, be forgiven if we've if we failed but He also gives us opportunity for restoration and, and, and ministry in so many situations. Don't ever get caught up in the, in the thing of comparison. Don't ever feel like you're a failure because your kids aren't as good as somebody else's. Just love your kids. Love their, 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 your wife, their, their mother, and, and walk in a position and a place of willingness for God to be the one who directs you. You know, as, as we get ready to close, I've got more, 10, nine ten, eight more points. And we're going to get that clock fixed, or I'm going to... Okay, now it's 11.30. I can add, I can subtract 30 from 25. So anyway, let's stand. Because I want to be on time today. So many more things to talk about about being a dad. It's a great responsibility. Now, I would just say this, whether you're a dad or not, whether even if you're not a man, pray for the dads of this nation. Pray for the men who need to step up and not just be sires, be fathers. Lord God, we come before you today. We just thank you and praise you that, Lord, none of us, as I said earlier, none of us are perfect. We're all a work in progress. We'd all love to be able to go back and fix some of the wrongs that we've done. Lord, we can all get caught up in comparisons. Father, all we can do is all we can do. We just got to make sure we're doing all we can do. And so, Lord, help us to to walk in 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 the best place that we can be in this day. Lord, we have control over our future. We have control over the direction our life is going and we have control over the decision to submit to you as lord and savior as lord and savior Jesus Christ and help us so father we just ask that you would you would guide and direct us in in these areas and lord i just pray that that you would help us to be uh, the fathers we need to be and for for any men in this place at dads in this place who who maybe don't have the the example maybe they need to Look to others. I pray, Father, that you put the right men in their, pl- in their path, that you guide and direct them to, to have the ones that will show them little things, maybe not even the complete picture. Maybe it takes five men to show you what you need to be. But, Lord, I pray that you bring those people into their path. Lord, we praise you for, for the opportunity.